but like Baldwin says when he was uh, talking to Maya Angelou, if, if anger is the only thing you have, then you can't really write because life is so much more than that. Mm. And so like our emotions yeah. must become fuel for us. Our, our, yeah. our emotions must become the thing that ignites in our heart a fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it cannot be the thing that we stay in unless it consume us. Wow. Y'all, so it's your girl, Doe. I am one half of the Rooted Life podcast. And that was the voice of Dante Stewart. Y'all, if you don't know him, just prepare yourself because he's going to blow your mind in the next few minutes that we spend together just interviewing him. This is part one of our interview with him on all things white supremacy, Christianity, justice, Jesus and how to find hope in a very seemingly hopeless world. So we hope y'all will enjoy this episode, finding meaning in the mayhem. We can't wait to hear what y'all think. All right, y'all. Well, uh, welcome to the Rooted Life podcast. Uh, If you are new here, then this is your host, Dorian, and we've got Morgan on here as well. And uh, if you are returning, then what's up, Rooted fam? We are so excited to have y'all back. Um, so if y'all don't know, then we, um, our brand, we're all about helping people build their lives on faith first. And so through transparency and truth, we really just hope to present the walk of Christ as approachable and accessible for all people. So today we are excited because we've got writer, speaker, uh, voice for the people, and our friend Dante Stewart on here. We're so excited to have you on here, Dante. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> That's good with it. Yeah, Rooted tell, fam. Tell the people a little bit about Dante, Mo. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to say what I read on his bio. This man been on CNN, Washington on. Post, Christian Today. I mean, we I would go through all the things he's been on, but we ain't even got time. <laughs> we got enough time. Um, and just, he's an up-and-coming speaker. He writes and speaks about race and religion and politics. Um, got his BA in sociology from Clemson. Um, he's studying uh, theology at Emory. And, you know, our friend Jordan actually put us on to you. And the first time I read your stuff, I was like, it feels like you're in the conversations with me and my friends. And I'm like, oh, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But I'm not always able to sift through my emotions to articulate how I'm feeling. And I feel like every time you post, I'm like, that's exactly what I've been trying to tell these people. Come on. Um, <laughs> I feel that way every, I'm like, bro, this is, I want to, you know, the emoji where it's like the blue man and he's like shouting. Every time we post you, I just yes. want to be like, hey, everybody, sit down in the back. Hey, y'all in the back. <laughs> this right here every time so we're just honored that you would be on here and we're honored um that you would use your gift to articulate our experience in such a profound um and authentic way so we're just thankful Mm -hmm. that you're using your voice in this way and and I don't know if it feels like when you you're writing tweets or posting it may feel like no one's really noticing but you know you got some black people in DC who are just grateful just so so grateful and yeah, we're just right. And you also help us when we're trying to put our white Christian friends on. And I'm all, I don't always know, but I'm like, if I post this, they can just they read gonna this read stuff it. and get it. I don't mm-hmm. have the energy to explain it. So let me just post it down. Exactly. They can read it and ask Holy Spirit to, to help intercede because I, I can't. Exactly. That's 100. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I'm, be- I'm beyond that moment. But I remember. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I remember. You know, back then when, you know, how exhausting it was just to try and get yeah. people to see that you're human mm-hmm. uh, and not simply human that, you know, it's one thing, you know, to say, like, hey, like we're human, but it's another thing to say like, you know, we want to live in a world that loves us. Yeah. Uh, like to be human is just the minimum. 
You know, right. that's, that, that is, that's simply basic, the mm -hmm. minimum, the beginning. Mm -hmm. But we, we really trying to create a world where, where, where like black folk are loved. Like I mm -hmm. want to love black people, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, and I'm getting kind of ahead of myself, but like for real, it's like, yo, like, like we could, you know, all of our work could be about convincing white folk mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and, and trying to get them to, you know, change in ways that, you know, this country does not allow them to imagine change for themselves mm -hmm. and for others who look like them. We can get, we can try and use all our work to get them to change, but at the end of the day, you know, we gotta love black people and we gotta really love yeah. us and gives us something that, you know, liberates us and heals us. And so mm. that makes me really happy. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna front. Like, mm. like for real though, I be, man, when I be writing, I, it made me real happy that you said that for real though, because like being black and kind of going through that white space, one of the things that happens is like, you know, once you leave that space, you become hella like narcissistically introspective. Mm. and say like you know is is what i'm putting out into the world resonating with folk that look like me exactly you know? and and it's like this kind of performance of blackness mm -hmm. you know, yeah that that like it's it's it's, it's authentic mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but it's just exhausting yeah. <laughs> to yeah. try and say you know am 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 what am, am uh it's the stuff that i'm putting out into the world like really loving us so that really makes me very happy. Mm -hmm. Glad to hear, hear it. Yeah, that, we rooting that, for you. you know, we definitely are. Yeah, that's 100. That's 100. That's 100. So we want to do a little icebreaker. So the people so people may not know who you are. We know who you are because we basically post everything you post all the time. Like, as soon as you post, we'll be like, throw that in the story, zoom in. Get it little, to the people. Little, hey, little, I, just dropped something today. I just dropped something today that's kind of like snatching some edges and stuff. Ooh, <laughs> come on now. I need these little, I got that shortcut, so I need these. <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> hey, I, I just dropped something today. I was like, oh, God. Oh, Ooh, I, can't I can't wait. Now, can't now wait. we definitely want to test it. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah. so here's the game. It's just quick and easy. Three things, top of your head, don't overthink it. What's one Ooh. thing you need, one thing you love, one thing you hate? Just quick, Ooh. whatever off the bat. Okay, yeah, go ahead. okay. What do you need? One thing. My books, my books, my books. Mm. Okay. My books. I gotta have love? my books. What do you love? I love my wife. Come on, one hundred. That's on easy. Now. Okay. And what do you hate? I hate the way this country is operating right now. So <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing right yeah. now. Yeah. I hate that. I hate this is the world we got to live in, you know? Mm. That's, that's real. real. That's real. Hey, that's why right. I, so I hate looks, it. looks, wife, it. and hating this country, the way it's operating. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's strong. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the straight off the dome right there. Yeah, that's straight off the dome. That's straight off the What y'all reading lately? What y'all reading lately? Now, I'm be, I do want to ask some questions too now. Come on now. Like, like, hey, we didn't practice this now, Dante. This is not an outline. What y'all been reading? What y'all been reading? What y'all been on right now? I'm reading Kingdom Single by Pastor Tony Evans. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I've been reading it for a long time because it's, it's a sobering book. Um, yeah. But it's one of those good ones that just reminds us about purpose as an individual and that our purpose is directly connected to God and not in any other titles that the world tells us that we need, especially as women, um, needing mm. the title of wife, needing the title of mother, and yeah, just kind of yeah. um, being grounded in my like eternal purpose of knowing God mm. and making him known. And then how yes. do you find contentment in a, in a world like this that don't want you to be comfortable by yourself? Hey, I want uh, money. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm reading about, and it's uh, I'm taking my time with it, but it's getting me there. <laughs> Man, that's good. That's good. That's good. What you on, Morgan? I'm reading this book called uh, "You're the Girl for the Job." I don't know. She's basically trying to help you work through your fears and make you think that you're not called for what God has called you to. So she starts off like, take yourself out the race. You're never going to be the prettiest, the smartest, the most anointed, the most gifted. God didn't ask you to be the best. He already sent the best. He's just asking you to like play your role and play it well. So she just kind of unpacks the fear of comparison. She said something recently that shook me. She's like, you know what? The best thing I can do when God calls somebody up is to root for them. She's like, so often somebody calls somebody and I'm like, God, why you call them? And he's like, why he called you? Why he called Moses and Joshua and David? And she's like, root for people who God has elevated. And that doesn't mean that we can't be, um, a, you know, be not only say critical, but ask good questions and, and challenge our leaders to be better. But I know in my own life, when there's people who are elevated, who have a bigger platform, I'm like, them God, like them and I feel like just mm. this week, Holy Spirit is like, no, like I've called them to that, to that yeah. place. And I've called you to this place and steward that well. And so that is taking me all week to get through that chapter. Cause I just hey. so just, I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, you yelling. Okay. Lower your You're voice. yelling. Hey, for real. Relax. You're yelling. Like, You're yelling. I, mean, I love that. I love that. No lie. Because like, man, you know, for, 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 I've been thinking about this lately, particularly you know, like the older we get, especially for like us, like young black people, you know, we, we, our parents, like they, they were like, you know, they, they kind of gave us this like, get it how you live mentality. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, like wherever you go, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you, you make it, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we know how like feeble the, the, the material things of this country is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and how like, the, the life that they live, many of our parents, like the life that they live, you know, things were like fleeting. Uh, and so yeah. you got to enjoy, you know, whatever you have for however long you got it. Uh, and so what that did for us is like, whenever we went into certain spaces that caused us to distrust, that for us to be human mm. meant that we had to distrust mm. one another, especially yeah. people who look like us. That's true, uh, yeah. Because, you know, we, we knew that the resources were limited. Mm-hmm. spaces were limited mm-hmm. and so for us to in some sense you know make it that's, that's my baby right there sorry y'all mm-hmm. uh for us to make it it's like you know you gotta you gotta get it and and that becomes incredibly exhausting mm-hmm. that's an exhausting way to live mm-hmm. it's and, not and sustainable yeah yeah especially especially when like especially in in in, in so much of like christian faith like so much is like, yo, to, 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 for you to make it, especially as, uh, particularly as a black woman, black women get it worse. Like black women get it, like, like, like black women get it way worse than even black men. Where like you have this idea of like, you know, to be, to be Christian and to make it and to be, mm-hmm. to, 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 for your life to have meaning, it's like you got to have a family by this time. Yep. You got to be doing this by that time. You got to be doing yep. this by that time. Yep. And they're yep. all based on racist notions of white women and white Ooh. men's lives. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's based on ideas about the family uh, that's yep. rooted in this kind of, you know, I ain't, I ain't meant to go there already, but like this, this you know. You like, can't help it. Go ahead. Yeah, you I know. That's why you're here, though. <laughs> you got to do it. It's, it's all based there. on this. Yeah, it's all based on this notion 
of, you know, like the standard and the litmus for like whether our lives matter Mm -hmm. is always based on the best in white people and the worst in us. Yes. And so like, you know, forget those standards. But I've been reading a lot of black feminist talk lately. So we appreciate that. We love that. I've been reading a lot of black feminism, black womanism. So like I've been kind of immersed in that, in that, in that, in, in that kind of dismantling patriarchy world right now. And I'm all about, I'm all about that life. We need to dismantle patriarchy in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I want to kind of talk about like how we even got to this moment. So we yeah, yeah, yeah. reposted um, something that you had posted on Instagram. I'm going to quote it directly. So people don't necessarily have a problem with Christianity. They have a problem with the white supremacist faith whose creed is God, guns, and country. Mm. And then you go on to say Jesus cares more about loving and liberating people far more than many who say they are Christians care about controlling people and hurting people. And this came after uh, the capital ridiculousness that we saw the week before last. And I just remember seeing that and just thinking, you know, it spoke so clearly to the emotion that a lot of us feel as believers Mm -hmm. out here trying to hold the cross up. And then you spoke in front of the Capitol, putting a cross up and justifying what they're doing in his name. And so just Mm -hmm. to kind of like think about that, it just really hit us last week for sure. Yeah, yeah and I want to. Yeah, I want to add on to that too. I think when we were thinking about how to frame this conversation, there's so many angles we could talk about politics. We can t- talk about theology. We can talk about faith. We can talk about you know our identity as Black people. And I think all those things are going to come up as they should because those are relevant. You know, I really believe in the power of like intersectionality. So recognizing all parts of our identity when we're talking about topics. Um, But what we really want to do today is kind of talk about the visceral raw emotions. I feel like when Mm -hmm. I hear people talk about what's going on, I don't hear people talk about the fear, the real anger, the hope. Like, and I think that when we, when we kind of sift through everything and we get to the core, like that's really what we're dealing with. We're dealing with some raw emotions Mm -hmm. from people, whether it's anger or hatred. And so I'm excited about us um, talking about our feelings because I think that there's something really powerful around putting language around our emotions. And I think there's something really powerful about helping people navigate their emotions because people are mad. They don't know why they're mad. They're afraid and they don't know why they're afraid, but putting Mm -hmm. language that gives us the power back. It takes the power from our emotions, say no emotions, like this is my life (laughs) and my world. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the information you give me, but that's not how I'm going to run my life. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people are just running full speed on just emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm excited about us. Yes, talking about theology and social commentary because we love Mm -hmm. all that, but also just like, Get into these feelings because uh, hey, that's one hundred. That's one. You know, it's crazy. It's like it's crazy that y'all. It's crazy that we start first, Dorian, with that 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 um that that comment and and uh, uh, that I made, and and then Morgan, that you went to the, the kind of raw visceral emotion side of it. Like, you know, when I um man, like if I'm if I'm being straight up, if I'm shooting straight, like I mean, I write because like I don't know what to feel. Mm-hmm. And so much is happening at the intersections of our lives that make it incredibly hard to, to be human in this moment. Yeah. I mean, we have to say it very honestly that America as it is, is a very inhumane place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And churches are exploiting and emboldening and Ooh. enlarging that inhumanity. Come on now. I mean, the reality is that like the church, like, 
like the reality is that like yo, we, we, if we take the capital, and I think I think what's happening at the capital, there's so much there that needs to be made sense of, and mm-hmm. you know, as things come out over the next few weeks, and 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 more people write, and more people turn it over in their mind, you know, the better we're able, we're going to be able to kind of understand what all went down there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think the first thing, like I'm gonna try and not curse on this podcast because. the first thing that came out of my mouth was not in the name of jesus but what the hell like 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 it was very like like i'm gonna be honest like f this like (laughs) that that was the first thing Mm -hmm. like that went through my mind when i saw these images of these terrible white american men uh being terrible in all american ways we know it's just a reality. Mm-hmm. It was just a very familiar hatred that we mm-hmm. saw. Mm-hmm. And I think I was numb, more so numb because like just a, just a few days before and even months before, I mean, we went through, like I, we in Georgia, we went through the election. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if y'all, like, like we, 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 we were up, me and my wife was up like all night when looking at the, the election results of uh, Dr. Raphael Warnock and, and John Ossoff, and like we were kind of going through that emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. of that, and then you're dealing with like Donald Trump on Twitter, and then you're dealing with, you know, I mean, just the news and the angst of things, and then you're dealing with the terrible ways like people are acting on social media mm-hmm. um, or, or whatnot, and all these things happening, and the crescendos to, you know, the US Capitol. And, Yo, when my friend texted me, when my friend Mo texted me, she was like, yo, like, yo, you, you see what's happening at the Capitol? I was I was doing some work on my book and writing some revisions, and like I, I didn't see it. And then I mm-hmm. looked at it and I was like, ain't no way these white folk stormed the Capitol and still made it out alive. Mm-hmm. Escorted, mm-hmm. actually, Dante. I want to just clarify escorted. They were escorted. escorted. Like you would escort, escort someone down the aisle in marriage mm-hmm. or escort someone to prom. With pleasantries. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> pleasantries. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, like, there was a multitude of emotions. Like, what I'm, what I'm feeling in that moment, and even in this moment right now, I mean, of course I'm sad. Like, I'm sad because, cool. like, no amount of, you know, thinking and speaking and preaching and doing, we have done in the past and even today, like, will actually change anything for our children. Mm. And, and that's, that's just a hard, hard reality hard to deal with. Like, okay, so like, all right, let's go in history real quick. Okay, Martin Luther King, uh, uh, um, in 1967, he goes off to Jamaica. Uh, he's in the middle of the movement. He's really at the back end of the movement. I would say that the last three years of Martin Luther King's life is probably the most important part of his life. And this mm-hmm. would be like a story for black leaders in history. At one, at one moment in their lives, they were very optimistic about w- the way things were going. Mm. Uh, very like, you know, hey, like, like change you know, gonna everybody, come. hey, change gonna come. Like, hey, yeah. let's come by y'all. Let's raise hands together. Let's mm-hmm. go in the same place and, and, and let's march together. Let's pray together. Yeah. Let's do this, mm-hmm. let's do this. But then they are, they, they are met with the ugly reality that you know, our country forms people uh, in ways not to love their neighbors more than mm-hmm. it forms them in ways to take their neighbors seriously. Mm-hmm. And so King is depressed at this moment. 
and he goes off to J Jamaica and writes, you know, what would be probably his most powerful book, Where Do We Go From Here? Would be the last book that he writes and it's just very short, but very dense kind of career uh, of thinking about this country, of thinking about his Christian faith, of thinking about his black body, of thinking about his family, mm. uh, thinking about, you know, the systems and, and the, the possibility of change. And he goes to Jamaica and he, he, he gets some rest and he writes and he comes back and months later he's dead. Mm. And so like, you know, I was talking to my dad the other day at Waffle House. And, you know, one of the things that really broke my heart, we was talking about things that was happening at the Capitol you know, he said, you know, everything, you know, nothing, nothing has changed since Martin Luther King was murdered. Mm. My dad was born in the 50s. Mm -hmm. And he saw Martin Luther King. He, he heard the radio announcement that King is dead. He saw all the stuff that went down in the 70s. And when black, as he said, when black people went from being colored to being black, Mm. Uh, he saw everything that went down in the 80s and this kind of political retrenchment of white supremacy and through, mm. through uh, the Nixon uh, and um, Reagan, uh, Reagan <laughs> uh, oh, yes. golly, just all such anti-black oh, hatred, anti-black policies, mm -hmm. and even the rise of the religious and political right in the 80s. Mm. Uh, and then in mm. the 90s, with like the ascension of black folk into white spaces in the 80s and the back in the 90s and then all through you know the 90s and the 2000s and through 9-11 and through Trayvon Martin mm. and through Barack Obama and then now mm. through Trump mm -hmm. and for my daddy to, to today in this moment to deal with that and to and to and to feel very viscerally the sadness the weight mm. the depth of the hatred of our country and to have to face all of that and try to survive and live and to create mm -hmm. something to meaning. Right now, I'm sad. Like, mm -hmm. that probably is the most abiding emotion. Mm -hmm. It's sadness. And I'm terrified. Like, I'm so afraid. Like, mm -hmm. I'm terrified that like, I am terrified that things won't change. Mm -hmm. I am terrified that like, you know, all we're doing right now you know, will be meaningless in some in, yeah. in some way. I'm am terrified that this is the country that my wife and my son have to live in. I am terrified for folk that look like us, and I am terrified that like it seems like you know so much of the Christian faith is about you know just simply you know it's not necessarily bad, but so much of our Christian faith is just kind of about our own personal lives. Mm -hmm. And when in actuality, you know, whatever happens in our personal life should overflow in, in, in mm -hmm. love in the public. Mm -hmm. right? And whatever happens in the public should overwhelm and take an honest evaluation of ourselves and work on ourselves. You kind of named a couple different emotions there. So, yeah. you know, in thinking about the hatred that we experience oftentimes, and then the anger, the sadness that comes out of that, you know, though we may not you know, because I think about we talk about a lot of time, there is no perfect solution, you know, and yeah. we've talked about this before too, Morgan and I about like, it won't be right until we're on the other side of this, like, mm -hmm. we won't really see yeah. the yeah. goodness and perfection that we right. all want to experience or the justice until, or the justice yes. until no we're justice in eternity. Until the other side like, of this. Yeah. That, that, and to your point, I think that's what you were getting at with that, like sobering reality of like, there isn't going to be the perfect solution here on this side. 
So then what do we do with our, mo- like what good comes from those emotions then? What do we do yeah. to turn them yeah. into some sort of change while we are here? Yeah, yeah, wow, that's excellent question. Excellent question. Um, I'll never forget James Baldwin at the end of his life. James Baldwin's the essayist uh, or whatnot, social critic. Um, uh, former amazing. Pentecostal, pre- amazing, brilliant. Amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> I, Baldwin is just, just this wealth of just everything. Yes. Uh, or, or whatnot, and I never forget one of the last interviews uh, uh, Baldwin gave. Uh, he was asked by the interviewer, you know, like, you know, are you in despair? And mm-hmm. and he says he he says, you know, I I he says I've never been in despair. I am in rage, mm-hmm. but I've never really been in despair about the the way things can go. And he says, you know, in another instance, he says, you know, I. I I can't help but be an optimist. And I want to kind of work on that word optimist real quick after, after I say this. So I can't really be an optimist because I'm here, I'm alive. And so in some sense, I'm, because I'm alive, you know, that is the miracle. That is the meaning. Mm. I am alive. I am alive mm. uh, in yeah. this moment. And so when I think about Baldwin working through rage and despair and being alive and being Black and, and coming from a people who had the audacity to survive, I think, like my therapist told me, when I was kind of exiting the white evangelical church, kind of went through the white evangelical church, started speaking about race and, and things, and, you know, the, the kind of racist white backlash happened, um, and then I went from, like, confusion, uh, I went through those stages of grief, like uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the psychologist would say, yeah, you know, you go through, like, denial, mm-hmm. uh, and then you go through anger, and mm-hmm. then depression, then you go through bargaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you go through acceptance. And so, you know, when I was going through that white space, you know, I was going through denial. Oh, well, things are not really, you know, as bad as people, as other Black people are making the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I used to say that uh, or whatnot. And then, you know, when I actually started, you know, seeing everything that went down, when, especially with Alton Sterling in 2016, mm-hmm. you know, that it kind of blew, exploded that denial in me. And then I went yeah. through confusion and then anger at the response. And then that anger never really left me. That I, I've had everything I put out is angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but like Baldwin says when he was uh, talking to Maya Angelou, if, if anger is the only thing you have, then you can't really write because life is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And so like our emotions yeah. must become fuel for us. Our, our, yeah. our emotions must become the thing that ignites in our heart a fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it cannot be the thing that we stay in unless it consume us. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when the Hebrew boys went through the fire, they danced in the fire, but they didn't stay there. Mm-hmm. Somebody going somebody, somebody to get that one day. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, preach. They, they took, they took what what the oppressor meant to destroy them with come on and they remembered the fire the fire will forever be recorded in sacred texts and Mm -hmm. we you know in history we we have like we 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 understand the three Hebrew boys and in in the fire and the fourth one coming in the fire and them dancing in the fire Mm -hmm. and them being released from the fire and that fire consuming the other Uh, that Mm -hmm. fire consumed uh, uh, if we kind of looking at the fire metaphorically, it consumed uh, 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 the oppressor because the oppressor 
didn't necessarily want to see their dignity. The fire was a place of destruction. Mm -hmm. The fire was a place of ending. Mm -hmm. But for them, the fire was meant to be passed through a place of remembrance, a place of fueling and igniting them. Baldwin, as I as I've like read Baldwin over these last few years, like my anger, you know, was to be fuel and fury, but it was mm-hmm. not to become my faith. Mm-hmm. It, it was a part of my, my my anger. My anger, my rage is is my I I have a very angry faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I believe that those who have faith, you know, should be angry because faith. Mm-hmm always calls us to imagine better for those who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. faith, if it is the faith of Jesus, will always be looking out for those bodies that are wounded in our society mm-hmm. and those yeah. spirits that are broken yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and doing something to change it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in some sense, I believe with Baldwin, you know, those emotions we need to name them. We need to be honest mm-hmm. about them. Yeah, yes. and, and, and we need to get therapy for them Come on. To, to help us to help us make sense of Work them. Yeah. So I, I believe that 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 rage is a spiritual virtue mm-hmm. and anger is a spiritual virtue. I don't believe that those emotions are a vice. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes in our Christian faith, oftentimes we say, you know, like, you know, be angry, but do not sin. And we take that as, you know, never be angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or whatnot. If we are to interpret that text a little bit differently, uh, we could say, you know, be enraged, but don't allow your rage to become the thing that destroys you, but allow your rage to become the thing that makes you care so deeply about mm-hmm. love that you take whatever you have That's to make good, life okay. better for yourself. Super good. That yeah. is so good. maybe those who were writing that text should have like, you know, they should have they should have changed the Greek to help us out. <laughs> Throw a little couple uh, extra uh, words in there. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think you make such a good point. I think, um, I, I, so I have a puppy now and I, I walk her in the morning and there are things that I'm noticing now that remind me that I'm alive. So instead of complaining that the cold air hits my face, I'm like, wow, the fact that I can feel this cold wind on my face means that I'm here and that's a gift. And the fact that I can experience a wide range of emotions, like God didn't have to create us with such a, a myriad of emotions. He could have made us with no emotions. He could have made us just happy, angry, sad, but he made us so complex for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if there's a reason, then there could be a purpose that we can pull from it. And so when I'm angry, it reminds me that I'm human. And if there's mm-hmm. ever a place when I'm not angry about injustice, I need to question my faith and if I'm really alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my That's anger good. reminds me that I'm still human. And my anger reminds me that I'm still connected to the one who is angry because when things were not right, Jesus was mad. Did he not mm-hmm. flip over tables when people were, exactly. were exploiting the gospel exactly. and pulling and creating unnecessary barriers for people to commune with him? He was angry about that. And so I never want to get to a place where injustice doesn't make me angry. Mm-hmm. It should make me angry. And when people are angry, that worries me because I'm like, well, maybe you don't understand the heart of my of my Christ, of my Savior, mm-hmm. and the way that he all he did was champion justice. Every time he talked to someone who was poor or someone who who had a disability, everything he did was about justice. And if you even read, I've been reading through the old, um, the minor prophets, it's all about justice. You cannot Mm -hmm. separate the gospel from justice. It literally is ingrained so deeply that there's no separation. Um, And so I just think it's so beautiful that you talked about that because I think there is a place for our anger, but we have to learn to process that anger first. It will end up like Moses. Mm -hmm. God said, you know, 
do this. He's like, oh, I'm going to strike the rock. He comes down, he breaks the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments. Like, there is a yeah. place for the rage, but if it's mm-hmm. unprocessed, it's unhelpful. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes. You have to process it with your maker and then maybe process yeah. it with a friend in therapy. But the only way that I think that it's dangerous is when you don't process it. And you don't exactly. go to God and be like, God, this thing made me mad. Okay, God, how can I now use this anger for your glory? Because mm-hmm. I'm exactly. enraged over what enrages you, not because of my ego or my pride. And I think the yeah, last thing I'll speak on is that I have to be careful that I'm not angry at people for not responding the way I want or angry at my church for not doing what I want. I need to be angry about what God, when they're not doing what God says we need to do. You know, it's one thing to be like, don't say that because I'm upset about it. It's like, if it's against my Bible and my Jesus, I have a right to be upset. And so I think there's also a differentiation between my own ego and my pride that I then use as a basis for my anger rather than the word of God and not my own twisted interpretation to support my agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, now, yeah. That, no, that's cool. That's cool. Especially as you go, as, as we talk about Moses, you know, what, what was so interesting about the, the Moses story, like, so, so Moses is in Egypt, he goes and he kills uh, the one who was oppressing his brother uh, or, or whatnot, and, and, and he hides him and then he flees to Midian. Yeah. And then Moses is in Midian for what scholars say is like 40 years, some, some whatnot, some time has passed uh, mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. What, and, and then God meets Moses at the burning bush. And he says, okay, I have heard the affliction of my people. I've come down and come to rescue them. And so Moses and God goes through this whole dialogue uh, with one another. And then God sends yeah. Moses back and, and assures Moses that, you know, things like, 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 like we're going, like Kendra Lamar, we're going to be all right. And, and you're a part of that, our rightness. <laughs> mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Your, your people going to be all right. And you're a part of that plan for, for being all right. You're a part of that mm. kind of just future that I got planned for, right. for the people. One of the interesting things about that, especially when we're talking about, you know, not just looking at Moses as this historical figure, but looking at Moses as a metaphor. When, when we see Moses, we see, we see ourselves in Moses. Yeah. We see that oftentimes we are in Egypt, but we're not Egyptian. Mm. Oftentimes we're in these places that's like, you know, that want to train our minds and mm. subjugate our bodies to further their project. Mm-hmm. But there's something deep within us that knows yeah. this is not my home. These right. are not my people. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes, for good or for ill, sometimes our deep and profound love for our people, you know, makes us do things that in some seasons we regret. Mm-hmm. Like, like Moses killed somebody. Like, like he loved his people so much. He loved justice so much. He loved, he loved uh, 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 the reality of life being better for us so much that he goes and kills somebody. And what's so interesting about that text that when Moses flees, that oftentimes you know, you know, when terrible things happen and we do terrible things, we learn how to run. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, Moses, like us, are not running toward, you know, a purpose, but we're running away from pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the reality is that in that situation, Egypt has made it nearly impossible for Moses to be human. Wow. And that's like for us in Black people, like, like, 
for this for these people to be able to do this against people that look like him and no justice is accomplished will push people to their psychological limits and so we have to deal with not simply that we are angry, but that we are living in society that is oftentimes like George Floyd, a metaphor that we are had this country has its foot on our neck. The people of this mm -hmm. country are complicit in foot, mm -hmm. foot uh, knees being on our neck and we mm -hmm. are suffocating mm -hmm. and we're exhausted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm going to blow up. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm going to blow up. And the mm -hmm. interesting thing about this whole narrative, which I love, is that God does not deny or devalue the mm -hmm. anger that Moses felt mm -hmm. or even his response. Mm -hmm. But God took his anger and he reoriented his anger toward a purpose of liberation and mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. To kill someone in anger is the politics of the empire and a politics of death. But to take our anger and to deal with it and to allow it to fuel us for some profound love to go back to the places that were destructive and traumatizing for us and to mm -hmm. let people know that they are not alone and mm -hmm. to do whatever we can to imagine something mm -hmm. better. That is the politics of liberation and love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love and that. that. And that is the politics of Jesus. It's not the politics of the empire. It's the politics of the kingdom of God of liberation and love. Yeah. And I think, you know, Moses is helpful for us in many ways to say on a personal level, what are you doing with your rage? Mm. Like, mm -hmm. how is your rage in, like affecting you? Mm -hmm. now, now, now that you have done that, now how are you going to use it to fuel you and others to do something for love? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, yeah. making sense of those emotions, our, our race should make us create something better, mm -hmm. not something mm -hmm. destructive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, along those lines around healing, I posted something literally like yesterday on Instagram about like the only way to healing is through exposure. And so when you talk mm -hmm. about like that the process of processing, like just our need to be able to expose the things of our past, of our childhood, of our own trauma mm -hmm. to really help us then understand the people that we are today and why I get triggered yeah. by somebody saying something crazy to me at work. But if I don't take the time <laughs> to work through that, you know, I don't, I right. just have the reaction and then I'm walking around mm -hmm. upset and I'm, I'm wrapped up in my anger, but I have not actually like peeled the layer back on it to really say, okay, God, why are we here right now? And what mm -hmm. am I supposed to do with this? You know, and I think like pain is purposeful, you know, and True. so that idea of running away from pain just runs you further away from the purpose that God does even have for you. That's I love when That's you said to Dante about the politics of liberation and the politics of Jesus. And um, this kind of gets us to something else we want to talk about. We know you love James Baldwin. Um, oh, yeah. And a while ago, this is an old thing you posted on your Instagram. You, you quoted something. Um, basically, someone was asking him to respond um, to a faceless picture from the Birmingham tragedy. Mm. Um, and James Baldwin says, it sums up the crisis that we are living through. If Christ has no faith, then perhaps it's time that we give him a new face, give him a new consciousness, make the whole hope of Christian love a reality and so our question for you is what does the face of Jesus look like in this country today um and how does that impact believers how does that impact unbelievers you know and, and does this need to change yeah wow 
Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that Baldwin, that, that Baldwin segment um, in response to, to, to the Birmingham tragedy. Um, and, and what's so crazy is like Baldwin is in some sense, he, he's talking about the face of Jesus. He's, he's talking about our imagination of where Jesus finds himself. Where would Jesus be in this country? Yeah. Uh, he, Ooh, wow. What he was doing yeah. is, 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 what's interesting, the face of Jesus in that church was a white face. Mm. And so mm. when, 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 when that bomb, when that bomb went off and, and the face of quote unquote Jesus was shattered, Baldwin was using that as a way of allowing that face of Jesus not to become a window anymore but to become a mirror of oh. how this country wow. destroyed black bodies Ooh. in the name of Jesus with Christ quote unquote standing right over dead black wow. bodies yeah, and wow. so Baldwin Baldwin is allowing Ooh. this image of Jesus this this painting of Jesus be the, to become the the place both of divine and destructive revelation and so Baldwin would say that if one wants to understand the revelation of God, it's mm -hmm. not simply just bound to the sacred text that gives us meaning and purpose for mm -hmm. our faith. Yeah. If one wants to know the divine reality of God and what God is revealing in the world, one mm -hmm. also needs to look at the bodies of the world and look at the ways in which we humans try to imagine what God does and what God mm -hmm. desires and mm -hmm. what God wants. Mm -hmm. And so this image of white Jesus is a sophisticated image that Baldwin is trying to deconstruct for us, mm -hmm. for us to look at ourselves through this and to imagine something better for our Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Baldwin is actually doing, he's doing so many things in this one moment. First, first he is asking us, okay, what do we imagine about Jesus? Mm -hmm. That's first and fundamental to question. Yeah. Uh, that, that he is asking the same question that Jesus asked Peter. He said, you know, who do people mm -hmm. say that I am? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's a question that we need to say, to ask ourselves in America and that Baldwin is asking us. Yeah. In that Can moment, I say something real quick right there? Go, go, you got it, a you got it, a pastor said it. once, he said, the, Jesus, the God you see is the God you get. The Jesus you see mm -hmm. is the Jesus you get. And that just feel exactly. like that ties so perfectly. Who, who mm -hmm. you see is who you get, but keep going. Yeah. Keep no, 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 that's 100. That's 100 because the, the reality is that we have to realize that before we are Christian, before we have a faith story, we are human. And mm -hmm. so what we bring to the table, mm -hmm. we have to make sense of those particular realities that we bring to the table. Christian faith never happens in a vacuum. There are histories that we come from. There are mm -hmm. assumptions that we have. There are values that we have that we bring to the table. We are not just simply translators of Christian faith mm -hmm. into the world, wow. but oftentimes we are human interpreters of a Christian faith that we are walking into and so mm. Baldwin is asking us what do we bring to the table what do we imagine in the face of white Jesus what do we imagine about America and the reality wow. of of this country and the ways in which we have made the assumption that to be Jesus is to be white and to be Christian Ooh be devoted to a Jesus that is white, that is concerned about white people, that is concerned about white grievance, that stands ah. over black oppression, that stands 
uh, in justification of white supremacy. And so James Baldwin is not just simply deconstructing this image of Jesus. He is imagining something better for our faith story. So Baldwin in this moment is not just simply an essayist or social critic. Baldwin is becoming an interpreter of our faith. Baldwin is becoming a pastor. And so for us, we should realize that like for real, for real, that black folk are not just simply performers of Christian faith, but also interpreters of it. So Baldwin becomes a theologian. Baldwin says, okay, look at this tragedy and look at the ways in which we have wrapped Jesus up into destructive white supremacy and violence. And so it sums up the crisis, not only that Baldwin is living through, but it sums up the crisis that we are living through. Yeah, It sums up the crisis, as Eddie Glaude would say, of the value gap, that white lives are valued more than non-white lives. And if Christ has no face, if, if the Christian faith has been exposed in this country as caring more about power than justice, more about hatred than love, Traditions of Christian faith care more about God, guns, and country than liberation and freedom and justice. Mm. Then if that faith is exposed as being weighed and found wanting, as being uh, uh, um, controlling, then liberating, then it's time for us to reimagine a better faith story for ourselves. Mm. It's time to imagine a better faith story for this country. And he says that not only should we give Jesus a new face, but a new consciousness. Mm-hmm. To have a new face is to, in some sense, it is to give people a better Christianity that can be seen. Mm-hmm. But to have a new conscience mm-hmm. is to give people a Christian faith, a better one that can be experienced. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so what people see of the face of Jesus is what people see when our Christian faith goes out into the world. Right. But what people see of the new consciousness of Jesus Mm. as those who are, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus, as those who are Mm -hmm. the experience of Jesus, when people experience a new consciousness of Jesus, they are experiencing new assumptions Mm. about what matters in Christian faith. Mm -hmm. What values do Christians have? Mm -hmm. What stories are we telling ourselves? What do we imagine as being meaningful about our walk with Jesus and our love of others? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm. uh, I I am in, I tweeted this the other day, (laughs) that I'm in a progressive um, seminary and I'm in Mm. a black progressive church. And so oftentimes, you know, when I was in the evangelical space, you know, like progressives and liberals, uh, particularly Christians, were like a non-thing. To be mm-hmm. progressive and to be Christian was like, yeah, it was non-existent. Right. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. To do as Baldwin did of calling the assumptions of Jesus into question and imagining something better was to make our faith a faith of doubt, mm-hmm. uh, to make our faith simply uh, 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 about deconstruction. But but what Baldwin is doing is saying that, you know, to be Christian, 
to love Jesus, to make the whole hope of Christian love a reality is to have the willingness to face the terrible ways we've learned how to be Christian mm -hmm. and to wow. face the terrible ways we have learned how to be American mm -hmm. and to face the terrible ways that we have both learned how to make Christianity and America synonymous. Yes. And yes. to face the terrible ways that we have brought Jesus on the side of white comfort and on the side of black oppression mm -hmm. and to face the reality that there can be a better faith story for us mm -hmm. that in this country is not simply a white supremacist faith but there are also mm -hmm. in this country faith a, a christian faith that is about love that's about justice mm -hmm. that's about power and empowering mm -hmm. one's dignity and agency and one's beauty and creativity and, and instead of destroying the beauty that god has given us mm -hmm. and i think wow. in this moment the face of jesus in this country today will be bound to seeing you know the face of jesus in the other mm -hmm. wow you no know, christians mm -hmm. we have long said you know that if we can convince ourselves that people are not Christian, then we have no moral responsibility or obligation to love them. So it's wow. like in Matthew chapter 25, when Jesus say, what you have done to the least of these, my brethren, mm -hmm. then you've done to me, we would say, people would interpret that to say, well, Jesus is talking about what you have done to Christians. Well, mm -hmm. not necessarily. Uh, I think it was a theologian that would say, you know, when I, that, that in the faith face of the other, I see Jesus. Mm, yeah. So whether you're gay or you're straight, whether you're rich or you're poor, mm -hmm. whether you're Christian or whether you're Muslim, whether you're uh, uh, progressive or conservative, mm -hmm. wherever there is experience, the experience of Jesus, we see in Jesus, wherever there is, uh, the, the possibility of the experience of Jesus and reading the story of Jesus in our country. It is us looking at Jesus and seeing that Jesus in his time stood in solidarity with the oppressed with a universal love mm -hmm. bound to a heart for liberation mm -hmm. and practice of justice. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. to be Christian, to give new Jesus a new faith, meta face, metaphorically speaking, is to stand in solidarity with the oppressed in our society and the marginalized with a universal love reflecting the heart of God, with a heart for liberation and love and justice, mm -hmm. with the demonstration of God's just future that can become a reality for us. And so Baldwin, I think, helps us see that in his moment uh, as well as our own. Wow. Did I not tell y'all that this episode was going to be fire? I mean, Dante just dropped so many gems, so much so that we had to split this up into two episodes. So yes, there is a part two coming next Friday. Be sure to come back and get the second part of this amazing episode. If you don't know, The Rooted Life is on Instagram at Rooted Life Podcast. So be sure to follow us and keep up with all the dope things that we're doing. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to rate us five stars or leave us a review because we love to hear from y'all. It's so encouraging to hear the great things that y'all say. So we love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Stay rooted.